This is the Ty Butler and Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's bring in our expert of S&Y pre- and post-game. He's looking pretty sharp there this afternoon. I was, I was digging the outfit. I was digging the, the, the hairstyle. My guy, Connor Rogers. What's up, Connor? What's up, Ty? I appreciate that, man. Good to catch up with you guys. How are we doing? Uh, we're doing okay. I'm still trying to figure out what it was that I watched this afternoon. They're calling it a football game. I'm still not quite sure. Man, it was barely football. It's, it's one of those things where you feel like you're just setting the game back. And it was a thrilling finish, but it felt like the four quarters, especially, you know, obviously when Tyrod goes down, kind of the flow of the game changes where the Giants are going to consistently run the ball. The Jets' offense for a long time can't get anything going with Zach Wilson. And the amount of stoppages throughout this game due to both injury and penalty was unlike anything I've seen before. Ty, I, I called you Ty, Connor. I mean to say, Connor, at what point— We're both handsome, Connor. You Take both, that as a compliment. You both there are tremendous. <laughs> Connor, at what point did you think the Jets had any chance to win this game? Or did you think they had any chance to, to win this game late? good question because you really start to you know what I'll say the Clemens penalty was where I started to look at it and go man it's just it's just not happening for them and it's and it's where they've gift wrapped it to the other team right because that was it felt like mental mistake number 15 on the day from roughing penalties to poor mistakes lack of execution really everything had just gone sideways for the Jets in this game and then you look at the defense, because they're just stopping the run, backing up the Giants. Morstead flips the field again. They back up the Giants. The defense gets a stop like they always do. They're backed up. They have to punt deep in from their territory. Maybe the Jets you know, could put some pressure on that punt game. I, I know the Giants punter had shanked a couple punts in this game. It felt like, okay, they're going to get the ball back here, and, and you think maybe they can get something going because they really only have to hit one or two plays from where they were going to be to kick a field goal. And Greg DeLegg's been money for the Jets. So, when that offsides happen and the Giants get a first down and they start running the ball again, you're just like, this is not happening for them today. And obviously it's amazing how quickly things can change. It took, you know, a Graham Cano chip shot miss, uh, some questionable decision-making, I'm sure some would say, from Brian Abel in that situation, and, and two Zach Wilson almost miracle plays. And I would actually call the spike the most shocking development of it all <laughs> because they literally could not – be off by a millisecond or they would have had the clock run out. So I don't know how anybody could see that coming. Yeah, I, I'm not going to call Brian Dable's decision-making uh, questionable. I'm going to say it was idiotic. The fact that you watched Saquon Barkley today rush for 126 yards, particularly in that second half where the Jets, after they lost Al Woods, yep. could not stop him. You have exactly, the best player on the field in that moment with a chance to end the game. Don't give me Graham Gano, who we just saw miss a, a chip shot earlier in the game. He's been off this season. You have Saquon Barkley, and if he gets stopped, all, all credit to the Jet defense. Now you force Zach Wilson to go down the field and either score a field goal or, or you know, drive them for a game-winning touchdown. I, I thought that decision was mind-boggling. I thought when he kicked it uh, on fourth and one in the second quarter was mind-boggling. It was just not a pretty performance from the reigning head coach of the year in Brian Dable. No, it wasn't. And I think I'll take this back one step further because I guess you can go back and forth on, on what you just discussed, although I definitely side with you. I didn't like the decision-making. Some people will say, well, the kicker's got to make the kicks or he could have been hurt. There's so much to unpack here. I'll go back before that, I, and this is something that bothers me with the Jets, full clarity. 
I don't believe in rostering a number two quarterback that you don't trust to play football. And I'm not saying that Tommy DeVito needs to come in there and drop back 30 times in the game. I'm not saying that the Jets need to just throw Tim Boyle in every time Zach Wilson, you know, misses a throw. But the reality is, if that's the state of your roster, and I understand Daniel Jones is out, and DeVito's technically your number three elevated to your number two, you know what the Jets' pass rush is. You know Tyrod's a guy that has an injury history, and you know the Jets' defensive line clobbers quarterbacks. There was always a reality that Tommy DeVito would have to come into this game, whether you think the odds of that are low, medium, high, it doesn't matter, and you essentially say, hey, he's just going to hand off the ball. I know it's, it was an insane way the Jets won, but it feels like the football gods always find you when you play not to lose a game, and that was a peak performance of playing not to lose a game, and it felt like it started to really even begin with the roster decisions coming into this week. Connor Rogers, SNY Jets analyst with Ty Butler and Jake Asman here on 98.7 ESPN. Connor, Zach Wilson, I mean, a lot of bad until the final couple of drives there. How would you assess what you saw from Zach? It was a rough day. Uh, there's no way around it. And I understand that, you know, the way the game ends is how a lot of people look at it. I thought some of the throws made when he absolutely had to have them literally on the last drive, but they're impressive. That's Zach in a nutshell. He could make these flash in a pan plays that continue you know, to try to inspire some hope. But I look at the full sample size and how they even got here. I mean, considering how much Tommy DeVito had to play in this game, considering how much Brian Dable didn't trust him, the bar was so low for the Jets not to just control and win this game going into the fourth quarter, and they were fighting for their life. I mean, truly fighting for every last ounce of their life because the offense couldn't function. And I, I listen, guys, I understand what everybody listening is going to think that doesn't want to pile on Zach Wilson. You could say it was raining. You could say the Jets had 8 million injuries on their offensive line like they always do. You could say Alan Lazard dropped two huge passes in this game on nice throws. All of those things are true. You can also say it's year three. Zach Wilson holds onto the ball and takes sacks when he could just throw it out of bounds when he's rolling away in the worst times of the game. There's no rhythm of the offense. He's not seeing the field. He's late on a lot of throws. The Conklin one, I know a lot of people are like, why are you drawing up an out to Conklin and they got to have it down? Well, the ball was late. Once again, like you go back and watch the replays. You go back and watch the coaches film of these things. There's just no flow of this offense right now. And Garrett Wilson had 100 yards. I feel like more than half his catches were miracle acrobatic plays. That What he has to do to get 100 yards is so different than every other star receiver. So you take the win. You love the win. And right now, Zach Wilson is this team's quarterback because the Jets don't really have any other options. But the full sample size, of the, it's hard to live this way. That's my point with Zach Wilson. And sure, we can hold on to the Chiefs game and some flash plays here and there, but it's just very hard to be a sustainable winner when the full four-quarter sample size looks like this too often. Yeah, and it's also like the, the IQ stuff that I, I pay attention to. Like right, right before the Giants got the ball to end the first half, Zach has a third and eight, and instead of you know just sliding, taking a sack, we're in a situation you want to have the Giants burn their timeouts, he throws it out of bounds, which to me made no mm-hmm. sense. But I want to get to the coaching staff because – if the Jets had had lost this game, I was prepared to destroy them. The fact that you had, and which I still will, by the way, throughout the show, the fact that they had two weeks to prepare for this game, preparing for a Giants team that had been outscored by their opponents by 89 points, down to their third-string quarterback, and, and, and you put together that effort, 
you had nine penalties and just back-breaking ones, right? Like, you had all the, the bad sacks. It reeked of a team that is so undisciplined and that just isn't really ready to handle success. Like, I, I saw multiple times in the fourth quarter, the Jets are losing. The defense gets a sack and they're celebrating. Like, those are the little things that bother me, and maybe it's not a big deal, but what are your thoughts overall on the entirety of the coaching staff and how they handle this game? I think the game plan in itself is frustrating for me. And that's not, you know, once again, that is largely on Nathaniel Hackett, where you look at it, you said it's high. You had two weeks to prepare. The Giants going into this week, they blitz close to 40% of the time. I believe it's about 38% of the time. They're consistently a top five blitzing team in football. It's who they are. It's how they live. Uh, They play a lot of man coverage, and they have corners that – you know, I get it. Deontay Banks has had a nice rookie season, and Dory Jackson was out there. But you could still challenge these guys, especially when you have Garrett Wilson. And the Jets come out. I mean, they threw one screen that I can think of, and yeah. it was the one to Brees Hall mm-hmm. where uh, he was. there was man coverage, and, and a blocker missed his assignment, and Brees got hit as soon as the ball came his way. I mean, to attack the blitz, it feels like every other team can do this against the Jets at times because of their pass rush. But also to counter the blitz, you need to throw it high. You need to throw screens. You need to get the quick game going. Sometimes you can even run at the blitz. And it felt like the Jets didn't have that game plan under Hackett to consistently uh, perform from this offense or even really get even flashes from this offense. So that, to me, was largely the biggest disappointment. I think the defense, I mean, they always find a way to keep this team in the game. They have an excellent kicking game, which, once again, it has to be perfect for them to win. But Morstead and Greg DeLake were perfect today. So it, it is a weird one where you look at it. I think the mental mistakes are really, really frustrating and something that Salah will harp on coming out of this game because you often can't win when you have that many personal fouls into a game that are so unnecessary, the jumping off sides. So I'm with you. There's things to be very frustrated with this coaching staff, and I think where you go from here is what did you learn from it? Because the reality is against the Chargers, maybe the Jets will be, I don't know, a point underdog. It'll be a pick I don't know. It depends. But the Raiders, the Jets are most likely going to be favored, even especially on the road. You have games that I look at them as taking care of business games. But right now the Jets have played down to New England. They played down to Denver. And they played down to the Giants. And that's a really, really bad sign. As much as you love that they beat the Bills, you love that they beat the Eagles, you love that they took the Chiefs down to the wire. But you don't want to always be playing – down to bad teams and that to me is something you can point to coaching so it's been a very hot and cold season for a coaching staff that let's be fair they faced a lot of adversity and they deserve a lot of credit for keeping this Jets team very relevant right now but it has to get better you can hit him up on Twitter at Connor J Rogers see his work all over NBC Sports of course the Jets and pre post uh, pre and post game on SNY and he has a Mets podcast as well He's a co-host of the NFL Stock Exchange on Pro Football Focus. He is Connor Rogers. Appreciate you joining the show. I know it's been a long day for you, my man. Go home, get some rest, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All good. You guys know I love this, and I love talking to you. Thanks for having me, fellas. Have a good night. Appreciate you, bro. That was Connor Rogers. Hit us up, 800-919-3776. We're on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. Jake Asman, get at us on the gram. we still got two more hours to play with, the busy phone lines. We will get to y'all next, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler and Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. To see Flavor Flav sing the national anthem. At the Bucks Hawks game uh, this evening, I did not. Oh my God, it was awful. 
and, and the, the the first sign that it's it's going to be something truly remarkable in a bad way is that the video is two minutes and twenty seconds long. Shouldn't take you two minutes and twenty seconds to get through the national anthem. That would be an over to bet that <laughs> for the Super Bowl time. <laughs> so everyone's you know posting that uh, video montage. You remember when? Uh, Damn, why am I blanking on her name? That she did the uh, national uh, Fergie when Fergie Fergie oh, did national the, the All Star game and the All Star game. You see Draymond and Steph and Chris Rock. So make sure you guys go check that out. That, that is hilarious. And Julian reminded me of that, but before we got back from break, it, it, it's insane. But eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. You guys were waiting patiently as we spoke to Connor. So let's get back to the phone calls. We go to Ethan in New Jersey. What's up, Ethan? Hey, guys, how's it going? I just want to give a quick shout-out to the company and also want to give a quick shout-out to the Shadow Realm. My boy Jake is doing some (laughs) serious work there on YouTube. Big, big Jake Gasman guy every single day. And Ty, you're doing your thing, too, so I appreciate you guys on uh, this Sunday night. So uh, I just want to say that I know Jake was at the game, and it was definitely, you know, high environment because it's New York, New York, but – Realistically, as a Jets fan, the Giants really aren't a rival, but, you know, it was rough sitting at the bar with all the other Giants fans. I had people ridiculing me, especially after Zach Wilson got sacked by Thibodeau on that play, uh, the fourth down play, and they gave the ball away, and it was just it was, it was rough. So my question for Jake was, I know you're at the game, what was it like being at MetLife dealing with all the Giants fans, especially being a home game? So there was probably more Giants fans. And uh, just want to say again, guys, you're doing awesome work. And just want to give a quick shout out to my girlfriend, Erica, who uh, I kept awake so I can call you guys. Yo, and, shout uh, out Erica, man. Erica. Appreciate you. Yo, Erica, you're doing a good job holding Ethan down. You know, he's, a, he's a diehard Jet fan living and dying with that. Appreciate the call. Well, so what was it like? It was a very weird dynamic because there's definitely more Giants fans there, as you would expect. It's their home game, season ticket holders, all that. I would say it was probably, I'm going to say 70-30, maybe, or even 60-40, Giants to Jet fans. It depends. Now, the last couple minutes of the game, it was probably 90-10, Giants to Jet fans, because myself and many others, we started heading to the parking lots, and then we're all watching on the monitor after we left. Holy crap, Gano missed what? And I told that story at the top of last hour. It's just pandemonium in the parking lot. It's a weird dynamic because there definitely were more Giants fans, but there were enough Jet fans that when a big play did happen, like Brees Hall's touchdown, you didn't hear the stadium going, Brees. So very weird uh, dynamic. But by the end of the game, it was all Giants fans getting excited. And the fact that they had a chance to win with DeVito, that kind of galvanized the crowd as well. Kid from New Jersey coming in, gets a chance to beat the Jets. So by the end of the game, the Giant fan that maybe wasn't that loud, just kind of, ah, it's too, too, we're a bad team, whatever, beat the Jets great. They kind of got into it more and more as the game went on. Giant fans showed up today because there was an outside shot at them, you know, sneaking into the playoff picture given the schedule coming up. And I do think, though though they wouldn't admit it, there is a a fraction of the Giant fan base that was a little chapped and annoyed that the Jets were stealing all the headlines this past offseason despite the fact that it was their team who won a playoff game. But when you bring in Aaron Rodgers and you have hard knocks and Super Bowl expectations, that seem you know, that thing seems to happen. But, you know, Giant fans wanted this game today. I, I wish there was a real rivalry. Like, they don't play often enough for things to happen. I will say, as good as uh, Morstead was, 
you know, pinning the Giants back uh, deep in their own territory. Brought flashbacks back to 2011. I'm like, maybe this is not a good idea for them to beat this far back in their own territory. I, I said to my buddy I was with, Ty, I, when they were backed up, it was the same same end zone side where the obviously the Victor infamous, Cruz. if you ask a Jeff fan, famous, if you ask a Giant fan, Victor Cruz play happened. I said, they better not go 99 yards. And my the guy sitting next to me goes, shut your mouth. Don't even bring that up. I just, that was that was the thought that I had too, man. I saw this. it. I'm like Saquon's gonna take this 97 because it was from the three yard line. I'm like Saquon's going 97 yards to the house to give the Giant fans uh, something. You're to lying again. if you're a Jet fan and you didn't yeah. have that same thought. You would be lying. Eight hundred nine with nine three seven seven six. We go back to Jersey. Chop it up with Jesse. What's up, Jesse? Hey guys, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, big Jake Asman fan. Um, there you go. Jake's got a lot of fans out there. My my boy is doing work. Jet Nation, baby. Doing We're work four out Four and here. three, Ty. How about that? Jake's doing work out. He's got a nice little event coming up in Vegas. Y'all need to check that out. He's got it all on the socials. So you know, yeah, make sure you follow I, him on Twitter, at Jake Asman. Yeah, if I didn't have a 17-month-old, I'd probably make my way. <laughs> yeah, I'm in, the same, I'm in the same boat, man. He asked me before the show. He's like, yo, can you make this work? Yeah. I'm like, listen, man, I got two under two. I don't think it's going to happen, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Bring him to Vegas. Yeah. We'll get him into the casino. <laughs> Come yeah, on, right? We'll get him into the party at Circa. Um, <laughs> no, I guess, I guess the big thing for me, it's funny, because I actually feel more – I feel better after a game like this than I did. Like, so I think worst-case scenario was probably the Chiefs game where Zach played well, you know, we lost, but everyone had this – you know, optimism that Zach was going to eventually get. Like, I've seen three years now of Zach Wilson. We know who he is. We know what is, like, whether it was the two games, like, the you know, the Titan game from his rookie year, the Tampa Bay game from his rookie year, or even, like, the Miami game from last year. Like, we know that he can put, like, a, an above-average game together. But we know who he is. Like, I feel like this almost – like put us to the picture where we know we're a playoff team, maybe with a different quarterback. In my eyes, I would go for a guy like Ryan Tannehill. You saw what Levis did today. I don't know what the extent of Tannehill's like injury, but I don't know. I, 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 I'm making moves if I'm Joe D before the deadline. And, you know, I don't want to end up in a situation where I'm like the giants today, where, I got a guy that I don't even trust to throw the football if Zach Wilson gets hurt or even if Zach Wilson turns back into a pumpkin like he did last year. I hear hear you, Jesse, and it all sounds great until you watch this league and realize quarterbacks are dropping like flies, man. And I don't think teams are just willingly uh, parting with their backups. Like I had someone call me last night. It's like, oh, Dalvin Cook for Andy Dalton straight up. Teams don't want to give their back. Mahomes got hurt in this game today, and it looked like he was going to have to come out. Kirk Cousins just tore his Achilles. Uh, we saw Brock Purdy this week dealing you know, with the concussion protocol. There was a chance Sam Darner was going to start. I don't think, t- and I appreciate the call, Jesse, it- it- it's not you know, so easy as the team is just like, here's my backup quarterback. Uh, you-, you take him because they can find themselves in the same situation that the Jets are in right now. Completely agree. And at this point, it doesn't seem like they're going to make that move for a quarterback because if they were going to, they would have done it already. They already had their bye week. That would have been the time to bring someone in to get them acclimated to the system. Problem is, you beat the Eagles and Zach didn't turn it over, so you're going to continue to roll with them. What they can do, though, Ty, is they can make Trevor Simeon the number two quarterback. He's been acquired, what, a month ago now? He knows this offense. He's been around. If you're so afraid of Zach Wilson either getting hurt, which I am, he's been hurt his first two years in the league, or him just playing terrible and you need to go to someone to spark your team, 
Trevor Simeon's better than Tim Boyle. So I just don't think that the, they're they're going to go to anyone to spark the team because I I think Salah, in doing that last year, fractured the locker room, and I don't know that. They can. Well, they would have made the playoffs with Mike White if he didn't get hurt. No, though. I, I agree with you. And honestly, but... one of Salah's biggest mistakes last year, Ty, was the Patriot game last year not going to Mike White for the second half or just the fourth quarter. They needed one drive to win that game. It was three three for, for the entire game. But doesn't it tell game. you something that they came into the season with? This is their backup quarterback. They're 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 tied to him. They're locked in on him. Come hell or high water. For but they whatever... did add Simeon for a reason after Zach was awful against the Patriots. I think as an insurance policy in case I, Zach gets hurt. And yeah, I think the. Injury is the only way he's going to be replaced. I I'm not even calling for him to be benched because I think at this point, like, you're not going to bench him off a win. You have a winnable game on Monday, a winnable game against the Raiders. But don't you want Simeon there as the number two just in case one he gets hurt? Or yeah, I think you have another happen. game like New England last year or this game today where, hey, maybe you need to to to, to get that one drive and Trevor Simeon, I, I a veteran think, of 10 years, can get you that one drive? Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I, it, it just my me personally – Watching how this has unfolded with them coming into a season with the, a near forty-year-old quarterback behind, you know, a shaky offensive line that we saw, you know, pay, we saw them pay the price for it. Uh, they are tied to this guy, come hell or high water, and he is going to retain this job as long as he is healthy. Uh, I'm not saying it's the right move. I'm just saying that based on the evidence that has been presented to me, uh, that's where the Jets are going. In let's go to Paul in Long Island. What's up, Paul? How you doing, Ty? Hey, uh, I'm a, first off, I'm a Giant fan, and I fully expected to lose today because I have no confidence in the quarterbacks, including Daniel Jones. But uh, something that happened today in the game, uh, if you noticed fourth down when uh, Kayvon sacked um, Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. the clock never started. The timekeeper never started the clock on fourth down, so therefore five to eight seconds would have elapsed Wait, you're Before saying the Giants the, got the ball back on the fourth down play? On the fourth down play, it never, never started, started like post snap. Because obviously, once the play is dead, like the, the, the a change right, of possession. You're saying post snap? Yeah, I didn't catch that. I'm pretty sure there was 126, and when they sacked him, there was still 126. I, I didn't see that anywhere today. Are, are no, you? Is this a, just like I a? Was, it's just like a conspiracy theory you try to come up with uh, no, to explain no, how your no, team played that game. Theory. I was watching the game with my son, and I said it to him immediately. I said, bud, the, the clock never started on that play. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, there was 126. There's still 126. They never started the clock. I got to go back and, and I look said, at And I said, that's it. pretty sad. He's the Giants timekeeper who should be fired. But, <laughs> again, the, the loss was on Dayball. Yeah, it was. If he, you don't have confidence in your quarterback, then you shouldn't put him in the game. I think, all your running back, like you're the best player on your team, you don't have confidence for him to – Get a, a one yard. I'm rewatching the play. I was they, afraid they, that he was going to die. Though. I'm rewatching the play. Was. They did start the clock. Paul. It started at 132. Yeah. Three then, seconds went off the clock. I see it here. Yeah, it yeah. says here, here, third and 10, Jets okay. 41. No huddle. Zach Wilson passing complete. Okay, so that's now minute 36 on the clock. Now, fourth and 10, Jets still at their 41. Shotgun, Zach Wilson sacked. Minus 15 yards, Kayvon Thibodeau clocked down to 133. So three seconds, according to the ESPN GameCast, came off the clock. Yeah. So, so there goes the conspiracy. Seconds, I'm right. sorry, Paul. It's a okay, tough one. No, it wasn't a conspiracy. I just thought I didn't see the clock. But they deserve to lose the game. If you're not going to let your quarterback try to throw more than a screen, not even a screen, three passes behind the line of scrimmage to your running back. Yeah, man. 
What do you expect him to get? That's, and on, what that, was it, third and nine, you're running? Yeah. Come on. That's on Dable. You know? I appreciate the call, Paul. Let's hit Jose in Brooklyn real quick before we squeeze in the break. What's up, Jose? Hey, good afternoon, Ty and Jake. Um, shout out to the company. I just wanted to um, get to my point point real quickly. Um, it, it is funny because um, Zach Wilson did, didn't look great, but um, my, I wanted to agree with you. I felt like the the reason we want the reason the Jeff, the Jeff fans are happy and we won was because of the, the horrendous coaching job of the Giants. Like that, that was just. It, 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 it was just ridiculous to not even see to not even see any type of um, adjustments or any type of offensive game plan and that fourth and one that I'm sorry that you know he was so praised for going for it remember when he you know he was so gutsy you know for going for the win and going for two and all of that stuff last year and then for this year to not go for it with Saquon in fourth and one I'm sorry I'm sorry we we got this win because Dayball didn't didn't do a great job and by the way another college quarterback Will Levis is another guy that I thought was better than Zach Wilson and what he did today and beating the Falcons yeah Exactly. So it's like it's like it's like I don't know how many times I got to keep saying it because we do watch college sports, but you know there are there, there is a reason why ha- you know a third of the GMs keep getting fired every year. So those scouts are not as great as you know people want to keep keep saying that they are. You know, so I, I wanted to get that off my chest. So thank you. Have a great one. Appreciate the call, Jose, and, and we'll hear from some of the Jets uh, this evening, Robert Sala. Of course, speaking to the media, Zach Wilson, Alan Lazard, who is so frustrating to watch, man. Like, think about this, Jake. The the, the wide receiving core outside of Garrett Wilson, who scares you? Who scares you? I actually feel bad for Garrett because he's got a quarterback who, who can't throw uh, consistently. He's got receivers who can't catch. Like, Breach Hall, obviously, is a home run hitter out the backfield. But it, it feels like Garrett Wilson doesn't have a lot of help there. Randall Cobb's been a mess. He didn't even play today. Lazard can't catch the football. Corey Davis retired before the season. You've got tight ends you're depending on. But outside of that, it's just like not not much is, uh, you know, they don't have much going for them on the outside. Receiver is absolutely a big need for this team between now and Tuesday's deadline. Because think about how, think about how scary it was in the Eagles game when Garrett Wilson slipped up injured his ankle on the turf and had to come out for a couple plays and you saw no one be able to separate in the passing attack and I was nervous today when Xavier Gibson went down I immediately thought as every Jet fan probably did it'd be nice to have me call Hardman right now yeah he was grabbing his shin so it made me feel a little bit better as long as he's not grabbing his Achilles or his calf I just assume any Jet player that gets hurt at the MetLife turf is done so it's it, it, it's scary, but you're right. I mean, outside of Garrett Wilson, this team struggles to really separate. And with Zach Wilson, you need guys who could separate because it's not Aaron Rodgers who's going to be pinpoint accurate. Zach's late on a lot of these throws, as Connor Rodgers was talking about uh, last segment with us, Ty. So it's a problem, man. They need offensive line help. They certainly need receiver help. Those are two big things Joe Douglas has to look at between now and Tuesday's deadline. So a couple of interesting notes. Uh, I'm going to give Chris and Beth page. He's an avid uh, listener and consumer of the station. I uh, love when he calls in. He pointed out to us on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler, at Jake Asman. Uh, he says that McDonald calls that missed field goal at the end 
uh, by jumping over the center. Didn't know if you saw that. And I did see that. And Rich Samini pointed out in his article today that it's something that he had done in college. So that was a, ver- a very significant play in the game, obviously, that led the Jets uh, to go out and-, and tie it. And then I was reading Jordan Renan after uh, the game today, and he said Dexter Lawrence said uh, Leonard Williams tipped that game-winning field goal off, off the leg of Greg Zerline. And he was surprised it, it, that it went through because if you watch that kick, uh, I thought it he missed like, it. Yeah. I thought he missed it. I thought he missed it yep. until I heard Catalan saying it's good, it's good. Uh, but up until that, I, I thought he missed it. But it looks like, and it sounds like, Leonard Williams had tipped it. We'll hear that call from Andrew Catalan. It almost gave me a heart attack. Uh, but we'll hear from that and hear from some of the Jet players. We'll go inside the Giant locker room as well. Continue to take your phone calls. Go around the league week eight of the NFL season. It's a football Sunday. I'm excited to break it all down. Thank God the Jets won that game today because Jake would have been solo had had, had that not happened. But we're rolling. It should have been dead air on the station. I, I wasn't coming after that. I mean, that. we would have played fart noises. I, I I actually toyed with us running the Drake album for three hours. You know, Brent Fires dropped an album this past weekend. I know Taylor Swift's got some new songs. We could have played her her music. But we're going to bed that right here on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is the Ty Butler and Jake Asman Show on ninety eight point seven. ESPN. I mean, the Kayvon Thibodeau, he was fantastic. He was all over the field, had multiple sacks, but that penalty was huge. And then Greg Zerline nails that kick to send it to overtime and then nails the game-winning kick in the overtime period. This portion of the show on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by Bullet Frontier Whiskey, an official whiskey partner of the NFL. Please enjoy responsibly. Must be 21 or older. Jake. I almost had a heart attack this afternoon. You were in the stadium. I'm in my living room watching this. Let's listen to Andrew Catalan on CBS. Here was the play-by-play of the Zach Wilson to Alan Lazard uh, fourth quarter 29-yard reception that got them uh, to within field goal range. Lawrence is in the backfield. Wilson escapes, throws on the run. He's got a man. First down. Jets have to hurry, though. Lazard. I was like, yo, that countdown is just giving me anxiety. Even listening to it now gives I w- me anxiety. I was dying. I, I, at this point, we had left, and we're right outside the MetLife entrance gate where they're showing the, the game jump, on the screen, yeah, on the and screen. we're all jumping up and down. I it just, I, I, My Apple Watch is going off. Hey, your your heart rate is overexpected, and it appears to be that you're you're not doing anything. Like One of those alerts that happens when... They think you're having a heart attack. Like that—that that was me watching these, uh, you know, watching these last couple of minutes of the game today. That Todd. countdown, I, I, even listening to it now, six hours removed from the game ending, I have anxiety. My hands are sweating. Oh my god, the shoes and calls on this radio station. Uh, I mean, I was listening to the post game driving in tonight. And yeah, we just... got to get the Bob with shoes and call if, if we got that in the in the system. Do we have we're... that? You got to hear Bob call the end of this. I just, I was, I was having a heart attack reliving this driving oh on god. you know the Upper West Side tonight. Well, you know what. It's it's also because again just three weeks ago at the end of the first half in Denver, when the Jets had an opportunity to put some points on the board, they 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 failed because they couldn't figure out the clock, and he could not you know down it to to you know to spike the spike the ball to save some clock, and I thought, are we really gonna go through all of this? Garrett Wilson, great catch. Um, Alan Lazard, great catch. 
get it to within field goal range and lose because you couldn't spike the ball? That would have added to the most Jets-like, same old Jets loss ever if Lazard catches that and they run out of time and don't actually spike it. That that would have just heightened the level of same old Jets if they did not actually get the spike down. And give credit to Greg Zerline. This guy is automatic. Graham Gano today is the reason why the Giants lost. Our guy, Greg the Leg, Legatron, He's the reason why the Jets won him and Thomas Morstead, who was absolutely sensational today, punting the ball for the Jets. You asked for it. You got it. Here is Bob Rashusen, our very own, with Marty Lyons on the Lazard 29-yard catch uh, when it was 10-7 Giants in that fourth quarter, setting up the game-tying field goal. Zach Wilson in the shotgun. Two receivers to either side. Carter to his right. Takes the snap. Drops back. Four-man rush under pressure. Scrambles right, throws across his body, caught down at the 25-yard line by Lazard. He's down to the 16, five seconds to go. The Jets trying to get lined up to spike it. Zach Wilson spikes it, one second on the clock. Oh my I was like, oh, and it already happened at this point, but then I listening in the car, I was like, I could not, like, I just couldn't fathom that oh, the Jets man. won this game. They've lost this exact game. My entire oh. life. And they do it against the Giants. And I get it. The Giants aren't very good. We all understand that. But still, to not have to deal with the annoying Giants fans in our lives, the Dave Rothenbergs of the world. Oh, you said you were going to surprise me with Dave Rothenberg if they had won this if the Giants had won this game? Well, I had reached out to Dave to see if he would come on with us. You know, Dave's a great teammate. He's always talking about me and you on, on his show. I figured, oh, he'd want to come on as you and I co-host together tonight. But unfortunately, Mr. Rothenberg wrote back to me and said he's only coming on if the good guys win. You think that after the Jets had lost that game, I want to hear from him? Well, I wanted him just to commit to coming on win or lose. But he's Mr. Giant and would only come on after a Giant win. But you know what? And I love – everyone knows I love Dave. That's my big bro. We we did the the Saturday morning show together-esque. You know, I was his producer. He brought me on a lot. Got nothing but love for that man. Uh, I wish he was more dialed in. To the Giants, like I wish that instead of being two and five coming into this game, they were five and two, so it could hurt more. Because <laughs> I'm all about entertainment value. Yeah, but you know what? I think this might actually hurt more because at, at five and two, if they lost to the Jets, it would suck to lose to the Jets because you want to beat the Jets. As no, a... it's how they lost. I'm saying. Oh, this the exactly. way they lost. Yeah, he's he's not he's not going to bother him too much because he's checked out. He's already bringing uh Mel Kiper on the show to, but, to but bring the But their season would have been alive if they won. Today. He wasn't be- he wasn't believing that. But even but he's not sitting there rooting against them. No, he, no, no, no. He'd no. be like, we're three and five. Look, I could see them it. beating the Raiders. We'd be four and five. Like we have a season now at two and six. Dave Rothenberg's Giants are dead. Like, yeah, there's so no more season were, to be played. If they were five and two and they had lost this game that way against that. team, Team, knowing who his co-host is, uh, I mean, it's still must listen. Make sure you guys tune in tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on 98.7 with uh, Dave and Rick. This is better but though, Ty, because that it, would have been just amazing. Yeah, that's but, like that's like sex on the radio. This to me is sex on the radio because now their season is done, officially done. If they lost to the Jets and they were five and two, they'd just be five and three. It's a non-conference loss. No, but it's loss. not going to hurt as much, is what I'm saying. Like, I think this hurts. He thought. He thought. I think this, he's going to be in pain tomorrow morning. No, I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think he will because he he had acquiesced. He had, you know, re, he had become resigned to it. Doesn't matter anymore. Like even last week, he wasn't moved by the Washington win. The week before that, when they they got to the one yard line uh, against the Bills and almost lost. He didn't care. Like, he cares, but it wasn't like he had this emotional investment into them winning where it just crippled him. If they're 5-2 and two and they lose a game that way, 
after you see the Eagles beat the Commanders the way that they did, having to come back and put all those points on the board, and then Dallas, what they did to the Rams today, the Giants to lose that game that way, man, that would have been fun to listen to tomorrow morning. Uh, we'll get back to your phone calls, I promise. 800-919-3776. We are rolling, going until midnight. Make sure you continue to hit us up. Oh, what a day in the NFL. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. I don't taunt others. Zach was not really good at all. Uh, he made a couple of throws late. And if you just pick up the box score, look at the numbers, you see 240 passing yards, a touchdown, a game-tying drive, a game-winning drive. You think, okay, not bad. But then you actually watch the film. You watch missed throws and bad sacks. He, he had a, a third and one. Brees Hall. He's, it's right there, right there. It's pitch and catch, and he throws it at his ankles. And he had a lot of just bad misses today. And it's, it's a quarterback who we had come to believe had been progressing, but today it, it, it just did not happen, not helped by his offensive coordinator, who I, I, don't, I don't know what happened to him today. There was no creativity. There's like the empty backfield on third and one where you're not even presenting the threat of a run. Uh, so they were both bad today, but not to be outdone by the head coach of the Giants, Brian Dable, who last year won the, head, uh, won the Coach of the Year Award this year. I, I don't want to blame him for all that's going wrong because they got a ton of injuries on their line. Their quarterback is out. Their second-string quarterback is out. But that was not a good showing from him today, and I'm sure Giant fans have to be red hot with Brian Dable. I mean, the, the Jets in this game today, Ty, basically said, we don't want to win. Here you go, Giants. And the Giants then said, actually, we don't want to win either. We'd rather you guys win. Here you go. Like, this was an ugly game all around. I mean, the Giants down to their third-string quarterback. The Jets down to their third-string center. Other guys on this team, like Al Woods dropping. I mean, it was... It was terrible, man, throwing the weather conditions. It was ugly all around. I think the advantage the Jets had was special teams at the end of the day. Like, both offenses really didn't do much. I know Saquon made uh, a couple really nice plays, but it's not like he was scoring touchdowns in a lot of these runs. Like, the Jets did what they could. They, they The defense gave them a chance. The difference in the game today was special teams. Yeah. Uh, Zerline didn't miss a kick. Gano missed two. The Giants punter, uh, Dixon, he was awful with some of these shanks. And yeah, Thomas Morstead might have been the best player on the field today for either team. And, you know, for the first 59 minutes and 32 seconds, the Jets did not want to win this game. Uh, uh, look at all the penalties. All the penalties that either led to a touchdown or kept drives alive that should have crushed him. Uh, the Giants could not take advantage of it. And here was Brian Dable on that fourth quarter field goal attempt where, you know, aside from – or, you know, with an opportunity to win the game with his best player on the field on fourth and one, he decided to kick a field goal. Here was an explanation for that. Kick a field goal there, and they have 24 seconds with no timeouts, and they need a touchdown, so counted that. I'm making a field goal, then they'd have 24 seconds with no timeouts to have to drive at the length, and our defense was, was playing really good all, all game, so that's why I made the decision. The flip side is the same. Yeah, there's always a flip side. Yep, I understand what it is. Game. It still doesn't end the game, right? You had a chance to. Why not take the opportunity there to end to end the game by getting the one yard? Yeah, I mean, hindsight. I understand the question. Completely uh, legit question, but that's a decision that we made to uh, try to kick a field goal at Graham. And our defense was. You know, they were like 0 for 12 on third down. They were playing really good, and um, 
that's a decision we made. It didn't work out. Coach, it's not hindsight. It's fourth and one. You got a chance to win the game. Right, look, if your defense has been playing great, so there's no threat of giving up a field goal, even if Saquon doesn't get it. I'm sorry. You got to win the game there, man. We saw you be aggressive last year, first game of the season against the Titans. You're going for two, down by one. And that, you know, really put your season in a, you know, in a positive way. Yeah, you got you got to go for it. You got to go to win the game there, Brian. Like, I, what are we doing here? See, what I, are we talking about? I, I get it, and I understand the Giant fan being upset. I'm more upset with the other decision on fourth and one earlier in this game, where he's settling for the field goal with Gano, and Gano missed it earlier. I think in the rain in that situation, be aggressive. I understood late what he was saying though. He's right. Jets had no timeouts. Would have been 24 seconds, and Zach Wilson had done nothing the entire game. So I understand the logic there. Uh, I I just think it's also on Gano to hit these kicks, man. This guy was great. But this two guy, things they, they... can be true, man. We saw Gano miss the kick earlier, and, and and if you have no faith in Zach Wilson with no timeouts, what the, at three points versus six points? I get one is a field goal versus a touchdown, but it still doesn't end the game up six. Like the Jets can miraculously, you know, f- you know, run into something where there's a DPI, DPI here. Like, anything crazy can happen. Yeah, but what uh, happened with 24 field, seconds like to me Like a blocked field goal. Yeah, but, like, what, what, the, what the Jets ended up doing to me was, like, all they really could do in that spot with 24 seconds. Like, unless it was a broken play where there was missed tackles and someone was scoring, which was seemed incredibly unlikely because it hadn't happened at that point in the game. There, there was not enough time for them to, to score a touchdown. It had to be exactly what happened where it's a broken play. Lazard's able to you know make some guys miss, and they're able to kind of methodically in two long plays get down in the field goal range. So I do understand his logic. Didn't Salah get asked about Dable's decision after the game as well? Salah on Dable's decision. We should have that. Uh, here is Robert Salah. Um, I'm looking for it. I, I saw we had that cut. Um Okay, Robert, are you surprised the Giants tried to kick a field goal? Oh, yes. Are you surprised the Giants tried to kick a field goal? No, I felt like kicking the field goal was the right thing to do. You know, you make it a touchdown lead, no timeouts, 30 seconds left. I probably would have done the same thing. Tells you all you need to know there. 800-919-3776. Let's go to... Why is my mouse giving me some issues? Let's go to Evan in Long Island. What's up, Evan? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well, man. What's going on? Good. Ty, I just want to say I love you. I think you're great on the radio. I feel like there's a butt uh, coming. But- but my heart always lies with my nephew, Jake. Oh, wow. And Uncle I, Evan's on the line. How about that? Uncle Evan. Listen, blood blood is thicker than water, man, so I can't be mad at that. <laughs> but you're, you're great, Ty. But Appreciate you. Gotta you. Rip on this. you got to rip on this kid tonight. So I took him to his first Yankee game when he was probably about nine years old. Big Yankee fan. And the game is 16-1 to 1 in the seventh inning. And he won't let me leave. He will not let me leave the stadium. But yet he leaves a jet it's giant a good point. game. It's a really good with point. With two minutes left, he leaves that because of the rain or whatever it was. And you got to rip him to shreds on this. So what we're saying is this jet hat he's wearing, he should be forced to take it off. The jet jacket he's wearing, he should not be allowed to do that because a real fan keeps his butt in that seat in the stadium for the duration of the game. Because you don't yeah, – I brought up I the analogy. I want to leave that Yankee game so badly I can't even begin to tell you. And that's 15 and runs. let me leave. That's 15 runs at a baseball game. <laughs> Football <laughs> – I, I, the Jets are just down three. It's still a one-score game. The Giants stink. So as bad as the Jets have played, there's still some flukiness that could happen. I, so I'm with you, Uncle Evan. 
That's a terrible <laughs> job by your nephew. Am I allowed to rip him, or are you only allowed to rip him? Because I don't want to, you no, know, no, no. You violate the rules here. All you want, by all means, by all means. That's a bad. I was sitting. I was sitting here watching the game with his father and his brother, and they're both yelling about what a bad game it is, how horrible the game is. His father falls asleep, starts <laughs> snoring, which is normal. A tradition, unlike any other. <laughs> and and his brother is sitting here, and then the last play comes. And the two of us are counting down. Ten, nine, eight. Spike it, spike it, spike it, spike it. And we go, oh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I don't know. What do we do here? How, how do you discipline your, your nephew? Like, what I mean, has can I to defend happen? myself a little bit? After I don't think Zach, you can defend After that. Zach Wilson gets sacked on fourth and 20 because he's not smart enough in his third year to realize on fourth down you can't take a sack with the game on the line. you got to try and throw it up and allow a, a receiver to make a play. Maybe you get a penalty, which actually happened in overtime in this game to help the Jets win. It's not like I missed much. I missed the next four plays. I missed the... The three runs and the Gano miscake. You left the stadium. Hey, you weren't in the you building for an me over. You sit in my seat at 16 to 1. I'm going, let's get out of here. It's, let's get out of here. Hey, what, 2004? No, it's a little different now when I'm driving to the game here hey, in 2023 and I'm about to be sitting in a, you know insane traffic leaving uh, MetLife today to try to get to the Upper West Side of Manhattan to get ready for the show with the hey, great Uncle time. Hey, Uncle Evan, I- I've got a question. So yeah. you're sitting with your brother who's falling asleep during the Jet game? Brother-in-law, but guy. Brother-in-law. Yeah. So isn't this a, a simple situation where the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree? <laughs> He's falling asleep during the game. His son's leaving the damn game. So uh, something's got to happen here. He's something's been falling ro- asleep in, in, during the game since since Jake was three. Oh, man. <laughs> we got to have it's a little intervention. We, we got to have a little interve- intervention uh, at the uh, Jake Asman family estate because you, etiquette has to be taught. <laughs> Etiquette has I mean, to be these, taught. These, 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 I don't know. I want to call them morons, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. These morons are, are, are here, and they won't even let me put the red zone on. I'm watching this game, which takes us back to 1822. <laughs> that looks like, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it looked like. It was the worst game I ever saw in my life, and they won't let me put the red zone on. And when I do put the red zone on, put it back, put it back. I'm like, you've got two more minutes for the commercial, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Well, Uncle Evan, Evan, we appreciate the call, man. Thank you for chiming in and right, giving us job, some guys. ammunition to uh, rip old Jake here, man. I, I cannot believe I mean, it. I let you slide, but he brings up a good Come point. Come on. Myself and every other Jet fan got up and left after the 4th and 20 Doesn't sack. make it right, but, man. Look, you could say it doesn't make it right, and that's fine. And if, if, I, if, and if myself and 15 other people walk around naked in Walmart, can't say that it's still the right decision just because someone else did it. You would have gotten up and left the game with everyone else. Every other Jet fan. I don't think so. I think you would have got up and left. Here's the thing. I I missed missed four plays. They played better when I wasn't watching in the stadium. Maybe I'm the reason why they won. Because the second I got outside the stadium and I'm watching on the big screens they have with the thousands of other Jet fans who had the same thought, all of a sudden the Jets came back and won this game. All right. 90 minutes ago you're telling me you're going to Monday night. Uh, Jets Chargers don't show up. Well, the last time I went to a Jets game on Monday night, they won. Opening night, so I feel Buffalo. like I gotta I at least yeah, come but back. The quarterback also tore his Achilles, so I yeah, <laughs> but that, won, doesn't, but that doesn't fit my narrative. Time, I don't know. Man. Let's on. go to Ryan in Florida. What's up, Ryan? Hey, buddy, how you doing? I, I'm I'm doing okay. What's going on, man? How you, how you feeling tonight? Uh, well, you know what? It was a boring, ugly game. It was probably the ugliest game I've ever seen. But shout out to Jake, by the way. Love his show. 
Patreon member, but let me tell you something. There are Jet fans out there that are absolutely against Robert Seller, want him gone. And what I got to say is, you know, we hear about these injuries and these excuses, and, you know, this season is completely different. We beat the Eagles for the first time ever, okay? I was at the opening night when Aaron Rodgers went down. We could have easily folded. We didn't. We came back. We won the game. We have came back from multiple-point deficits to win, this team plays hard. This team plays for the coach. It believes. And this is the first time, and I told Jake this earlier, this is the first time that a team has bought in and believed so much since Bill Parcells. Okay? I don't know if you saw the uh, the interview with uh, Thomas Morstead after the game. The guy was crying, speechless, talking about that the defense came up to him and told him, hey, don't worry about a touchback. We got your back. They'll have to go 80 yards, and mm. it ain't happening. Love that. Just be aggressive. I mean, you know, you talk about players going down, and we can make all the excuses in the world, and we're not. And it's the next man up. It's believing in the next man. You know, it, it all started in, in training camp with Robert Sala. I would take every single man in this room over anyone in the NFL. And we have built a culture. Okay, so when 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 people start talking about you know get rid of Salah, I, yeah, I think they go. I, stuff, I think I, they I, go too far with that, and I appreciate the call, Ryan. We're, we're up against the clock. Wait, 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 I, I, I got one, one more, one more thing. I got to just say, after the Chiefs lost to the Denver Broncos, the Broncos put on "Shake It Off" by Taylor, oh, Taylor Swift. Swift. Yeah, that was, was awesome. Hilarious. I saw that in, uh, in the locker room. That's a great. That's a great troll job by the Broncos. They had lost 16 straight games to uh, this Kansas City Chiefs team. Mahomes had never lost a division road game, so uh, a lot of quote unquote history was made today on the Robert Sala stuff, which uh, we'll be able to further elaborate on. The only thing that I have to say is the nine penalties. Like that's a reflect of reflection of coaching. Like there are certain things that happen that should never take place, especially in a game of this magnitude against a team as bad as the Giants. It's a poorly coached game by the Jets, but I think big picture, this team being 4-3 and three, with a win over the Bills, a win over the Eagles, playing the Chiefs down to the wire, this team rallying around, losing the, the, the star that the entire offseason was built around in Aaron Rodgers, all the injuries up front, the the defensive game plan against the Eagles minus Sauce and DJ Reed to still win that game. I think Sal is a pretty good coach. It's not his fault that now the third year in a row, Zach Wilson's his quarterback. I would have loved to have seen Robert Sala with Aaron Rodgers because I think there's a compelling case to be made, Ty. The Jets right now with Aaron Rodgers are five and two or six and one. Oh man! And then you look at the AFC. It's the curse. Uh, it's not just the AFC. It's football. And we're badly up against the clock, but I want to make this point real quick because we'll go around the league uh, in the final hour of the show. But it's like the curse of anointing a team as the best team in football. Where after week one, you know, the Lions, and then they lose. Uh, we saw uh, the Bills get anointed, and then they lost to the Patriots. We saw the Dolphins get anointed, and, and, and then they got smacked around by the Bills. We saw the Niners get anointed, and now they've lost three straight games. Then it was Kansas City again, and now Kansas City today lost to the Broncos. So you just look at the AFC. It was supposed to be stacked, 
Imagine this team with Rodgers. And right now, the Bengals have won three straight games. Joe, Joe Burrow has been fantastic. So they're looking like, you know, that force that, you know, they, to be reckoned with again. But it's just amazing to think about. As as good as it feels to be 4-3, and three, imagine what they would have been with Aaron Rodgers on the center. 800 919 Quick break. Right back on 98.7 ESPN.